Tuesday is on the Locked on NBA podcast. It's East meets West. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked on Warriors, and David Ramil, host of Locked on Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Follow the Locked on NBA podcast wherever you get podcasts. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, women's basketball fans. Erica Lindsay Ayala here with another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. You probably heard Monday's show with Krina and Bradford. And yes, the New York Liberty getting into the playoffs. Quite the shocker. You know, I spoke on a bonus episode Um, that came out over the weekend just about how I'm a believer in the process of this team a little bit more after seeing what they were able to do on Wednesday. And now, well, we see if it was sustainable. Will the New York Liberty be able to parlay the success that they had against Washington into another one-and-done game against the Phoenix Mercury. I will have a little bit on this, um, a little bit more on this on Thursday's show, so we're going to save that. But for today's show, I'm going to get you ready for award season. Now, what I want to do for the majority of this episode is go over the actual criteria for the awards. Now, I've never really paid much attention and I've never been a an, um, a media voter, but I, I paid closer attention, obviously, as a media voter to the criteria. And some of the criteria and some of the language around sixth woman of the year or sixth player of the year, they're probably going to have to change that, actually. Actually. I also noticed that there was very gendered language in the ballad, but... I digress, uh, perhaps a topic for another day. But uh, anyway, get rid of the gendered language, uh, sixth player of the year, and most improved player. Now, I went back and forth with Tarika Foster Brasby on this because, like most people, I was in camp Brianna Jones for the majority of the year just because Brianna Jones, for at least the last two seasons, has really shown her potential and her growth. But as I started thinking about it, I didn't feel, and I've thought this before about Bree Jones and a few other players as well, I didn't think the term most improved player was accurate. I would say the same for Benajelani. Benajelani got most improved player after, well, you know, Benajelani actually might be a little bit of a different conversation uh, when she won most improved player. But what I heard people say for Benajelani this season when I was like, listen, I don't care what y'all say, Benajelani is MVP of the New York Liberty. Period. I said that and I said, hey, let's have her in contention for MVP of the league. Now, these are things that you say early on. You don't know how things are going to play out. I don't think Benajelani ended the regular season as a top five candidate for MVP. We'll get into that a little bit. But people were like, oh, well, you know, the New York Liberty, well, they're, they're this and they're that. So she can't win MVP, but maybe most improved. And you see, it was that right there. The fact that for some people, I really think 
that they use most improved player and sixth player of the year as MVP light. I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get into what I thought about most improved player, what I thought about sixth player of the year, and a few of the other awards. <laughs> Let me tell you, coming up with an all-rookie team for this season, whew, that was difficult. <laughs> that was very difficult, but, but, but we did it. Uh, I saw, I believe it was Chantel Jennings from The Athletic that said she didn't even put five names. And you know what? I wish I would have thought about that because, um, yeah, I don't know. I do not know. Uh, you know, a lot was said about the 21 class. And then it was like, you know, everyone from the GMs and the head coaches were like, oh, people are saying a lot about this 21 class. Uh, but, you know, and, you know, they're saying all the things that they have to say right after they pick someone from the draft. But as the season played out, it kind of felt like a lot of the people saying that the 21 draft, mm, I was not as strong as the last two, the last three for sure. Uh, th that turned out to be true. That turned out to be true. And um, I wonder what the implications long-term will be for Dallas in that regard because they stacked up. But good on Dallas for moving some of those because they made the playoffs and still get a lottery pick because of some exchanges that they had with the LA Sparks. I believe uh, Greg Bibb said on the on the um, broadcast, you know, it's kind of the best way to get a lottery pick uh, by not actually, you know, finishing in the bottom four. So good on them for that. We'll see if they can make it work because I'll tell you what, Dallas is always loading up on picks and somehow, I don't know, just... Uh, doesn't really work out or the stars that they have then leave and don't mold and uh, teach and play even with the rookies that uh, that they bring in. But anyway, maybe we'll talk about that in the offseason and see how the lottery draft goes. Okay, let me remind you what the uh, season awards are for. So we have all WNBA first and second teams, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, all defensive team first and second, the Kim Parat Sportsmanship Award, most improved player, most valuable player, valuable player, rookie of the year, all rookie team, and sixth person of the year. Again, I'm editing that to be gender neutral. So let's start with, I want to start with the Kim Parat Award because this is the only award in which we were given a list of names to choose from. I'm going to read from the ballot. Dear media representative, you have been selected to serve on a committee comprised of national and NBA market media voters to vote for the WNBA's Kim Parat Sportsmanship Award for 2021. Sidebar, if you don't know who Kim Parat is, uh, you should look that up. Was an integral part of the Houston Comets. Um, one of the WNBA players that unfortunately has since passed, but go look that up. Back to the ballot. The award is designed to honor a player who best represents the ideals of sportsmanship on the court. That is 
italicized and underlined. Each team recently nominated one of its own players for this award. Please select the overall winner from the nominees listed below. From Atlanta, Elizabeth Williams. From Chicago, Allie Quigley. From Connecticut, Brianne January. From Dallas, Mo Jeff, Mariah Jefferson. From Indiana, Danielle Robinson. From Las Vegas, Asia Wilson. From Los Angeles, Neka Ogumake. From Minnesota, Sweet Sylvia Fowles. From New York, Sammy Whitcomb. From Phoenix, Brianna Turner. From Seattle, Jewel Lloyd. And from Washington, Ariel Atkins. You know, I thought this was an interesting award. It's on-the-court sportsmanship. And a lot of these players, you just kind of feel like they wouldn't hurt a fly. At least not intentionally. We know basketball is a contact sport. But I went with players that I just felt, you know, they play the game. They make contact if contact comes about. But they don't necessarily search for it. Um, They're able to play their game regardless of what's thrown at them. This is a kind of player that I just felt that over the years of watching them, like if if a player from the opposing team, you know, hurtled into the stands and had popcorn in their hair, this is the type of player, I don't know where that just came from, but this is the type of player that would reach over and say, hey fam, you got some popcorn in your hair. And for me, on the court, on the court, because, you know, Neka Agumike, and I wonder if she takes it because off the court, if you if you count on and off the court, I really think Neka takes this. But um, I went with Allie Quigley. Another consideration of mine was Brienne January. Fiery intensity, but keeps that within herself. You know, I don't really see her mixing it up too much. And of course, I don't know what they're saying on the court unless I'm at the games, which now these days, at least at Barclays, we are um, not as close as we used to be at Westchester County Center. But I mean, that's not a hard feat. Anyway, I digress. So I went with uh, Allie Quigley on this. But um, I'm not going to go over all of the awards today. Maybe I'll do a little bit more of this on Thursday's episode. Um, But we are going to talk about the rookie class coming up next. And we'll close the show out again with my thoughts on sport or sixth player of the year and most improved player. That's coming up next on Locked on Women's Basketball. Once again... I have to admit that filling out this media ballot had me sweating. And good thing that I had sweat block. It's doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use, and has a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. And uh, on Amazon, it's currently number one in the antiperspirant category. It's manufactured right here in the United States. And uh, again, it's uh, doctor created and doctor recommended. So, you know, I have talked about using sweat block. I'm still a little bit 
I haven't tried the seven day challenge, gonna be honest. It's just a little bit outside of, you know, what I'm used to. But I don't know, maybe I'll get adventurous (laughs) in the colder months, uh, because I do sweat quite a bit. But um, I want you to go ahead and use Locked on promo code locked on over at sweatblock.com and that will give you 20% off your order for today. You can also find sweatblock at Amazon and CVS. So, yeah, let's let's uh, go on this journey together. But I will do the seven day test for the sake of myself and everyone else when it's a little bit, when it's a little bit colder outside. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on, I want to tell you a a great way to get your TV together. We have college basketball coming up. So, you know, you've got the Big Ten Network, ACC, you know, uh, Pac-12 or whatever the heck is going on. All of these different networks playing all of these different teams, not to mention the national broadcasts. And so you've got your sign-ins on your laptop, on your tablet, on your smartphone, and then if you have a TV and you have cable, then you got all of that too. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. Now, I'm talking sports, right? That, that was just the sports stuff, not to mention anything else that you enjoy watching I recently started the new season of Nailed It. Good for, I, I just needed a good laugh. That show is hilarious. Anyway, DirecTV Stream is going to allow you to bring all of your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's right, head over to directtv.com to learn about DirecTV Stream. Remember, compatible device is required and content varies by package. All right. Oof. Rookie of the year. You know what threw me off is when you go to WNBA.com and you do the advanced stats filters, I don't even think all of the rookies show up. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, you know, I don't know how to be nice about this, but it's been a wild ride for the rookie class. We had a lot of players traded early on. I mean, Dana Evans ends up in Chicago, um, you know, and then you've got, I mean, players that are cut, and it's just, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, Kaiser, uh, I always mess up her last name, Gondrzak from Indiana left the team. For personal reasons, never to be heard from again. I want to preface that, of course, we hope that this is um, something that is not compromising her or anyone from her family or friend circle. If I recall, um, Tamika Catchings, who who was drafted and never played in the year that would have been her rookie season, um, and that was the same year that Sue Bird came out, um, 
or I guess the year before. Um, unlike that situation, if I remember correctly, you know, Catch never hit the floor her rookie season, what would have been her quote-unquote true rookie season. So I guess she was a redshirt rookie? I don't know. What do you call it? Who do we have? There's no criteria. As unfortunate as it is, it's kind of like, uh, I think I, was I talking about it on this show or maybe Locked on Kraken? But when I was writing for NBC, they made a point to say that you're not an Olympian until you compete in your first Olympic event. So you are, you have qualified for the Olympics after a qualifier. You are on your way to being an Olympian when you walk in the opening ceremony. But until you compete in your first match, in your first game, in your first bout, whatever it is, you are not an Olympian by NBC standards. So I cannot write that, you know, Kelsey Plum, Olympian Kelsey Plum travels to Tokyo can't do that because she's traveling to Tokyo. That means she has not competed in the Tokyo Olympics. I can say Olympian Kelsey Plum drops however many points in, you know, 3x3 debut. Do we see the difference or you can't see me? Oh, on that note, another sidebar. We are going to YouTube soon. I've already gotten some of the permissions, just waiting on a few final touches. So soon you will be able to see me. I know you're so excited. Anyway, back to the regularly scheduled program. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So I use the criteria of Olympian that I learned in the style guide from NBC. So in this case, Sabrina Ionescu hit the floor in her rookie season and charted minutes in her rookie season, she got hurt in her rookie season, which exponentially decreased the amount of minutes that she logged in said rookie season. She is no longer a rookie, folks. Now, you can say she is inexperienced as a rookie would be in the WNBA, but she is not a rookie. She's not a rookie. She's not a rookie. So... With Sabrina Ionescu off of the table, with Kaiser gone, who who were the actual rookies? And so I'm going to do this. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of walk through this now, but I didn't think to pull this up. Because, again, going through the stats, it just it also, I mean, let's be honest, right? The WNBA, I use it kind of um, as a benchmark but it's not great. So if you go to WNBA, you click on the stats heading and then you hit advanced filters, you'll get something that says player bio on the left-hand side. And I'm going to click rookies, rookies for the 2021 regular season. And I just leave the per mode and stats category. That doesn't really matter. So I'm going to run this. They give me Michaela Onyanwede, Ari McDonald, Charlie Collier, Dana Evans, Areya Girantes, Dijanae Carrington, Owakuir, Didi Richards, Kaiser Gondrzek, Stephanie Jones, Aaliyah Wilson, Destiny Slocum, and Chelsea Dungy. Now, those are not all of the rookies that played. But again, you had some rookies that were waived and then picked up by another team and then they got seven-day contracts and then they got to stick around. So it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. But if we're going 
I just happened to keep the, the points category. The leader in points and basically everything else, minutes for sure, uh, for the rookie class is Michaela Onyanwede, who was announced yesterday again, named as uh, rookie of the... Hold on. It was rookie... Yeah, Rookie of the Month for September. I was a little bit confused because I was like, well, the month isn't over, but it, the, the regular season's over, so I guess they, they gave that out. Also, shout out to Players of the Week, Natasha Howard and Kelsey Plum. Um, we also got Coach of the Month was Kurt Miller, and then they gave out the Peak Performance Awards. So these are basically the leaders the the leaders the, um, in the following um, categories. Your scoring leader, Tina Charles. Oh, she's not a MVP candidate. Whatever. We'll get into that on Thursday. <laughs> not that I have an opinion on it. Your rebounds leader, John Quell Jones, also MVP candidate, in my opinion. And your assist leader, Courtney Vandersloot. Okay, anyway. So, Michaela Onyanwede is the rookie of the year. She leads in points per game um, at 8.6 points per game she leads in minutes by a, a decent amount Ari McDonald's is right behind her but Michaela Onyanwede 22.5 minutes per game Ari McDonald's 16.4 minutes per game and then you have uh Charlie Collier which I was a little bit surprised to see um with 12.3 minutes um Dijana Carrington is a rookie that I think Definitely deserved to be on the all-rookie team. I just makes an impact. Dee Dee Richards as well. So we were tasked with um, coming up with an all-rookie team, and, you know, it wasn't easy. It was not easy, but ultimately I went with, and again, I did put five names, but I was like, what's going on here? It was a little weird. Um... Okay, now I'll have to scroll. Here we go. Okay, so my rookie of the year, Michaela Onyanwede, for sure. Been calling for that for a while. She also made my all-rookie team, along with Dijanae Carrington, Ari McDonald, Charlie Collier, and Dana Evans. I just felt that they overall had the best chance to make an impact. That's kind of how I went with rookie of the year. But I did think it was interesting and mildly hilarious that some of my peers in the media didn't even bother to put three names which you know I kind of understand that too I suppose I had a little bit of a heart when it came to that but coming up next the conversation of the episode auntie is once again gonna shake the table and tell you why she has issue with most improved player and sixth person sixth player of the year that's coming up next but first let's let's go to a uh, to a new sponsor here um and it's a uh, sleeper in 2018 the fantasy sports experts at sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. So they did something about it, and in 2020, they released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. Now here's how it works. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week 
for each starter whoa, to count towards their team's total score. So this ensures that an even number of games is played between opponents. And so this is a one-of-a-kind game pick, and it's the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. It cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you played fantasy football, if you preferred building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. You can download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. And Sleeper guarantee you will not be disappointed. So here's what you do. Um, and all you got to do is head over and uh, head over to the Sleeper app in your little app store, whatever you got, Apple, Droid, whatever your vibe, and uh, go ahead and download the app Sleeper. I think this is pretty cool. I am doing my first, technically my second fantasy league in hockey as part of Black Girl Hockey Club. And Sleeper won't count towards that, but it's going to be interesting to just learn a little bit more about fantasy sports. So very cool. All right. Thank you, Sleeper. But let's also tell you about something I am familiar with, and that's Theragun, okay? Totally miss having my own personal slash team trainer from my college days. I didn't realize how spoiled I was until I came into the real world and stopped playing competitive sports basically every day. These nicks and bumps and bruises can really impact how you go about even things when you're not on the competitive floor or field. So don't let the stress of the daily life, of your daily life, weigh on your body. Um, make it through the day tension-free with Theragun. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for Theragun. Um, generation 4 in particular, that's what we're up to. Um, so we want you to try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. You can go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com backslash locked on at therabody.com. So check it out. Um, I truly am into the Theragun for sure. And uh, I think you should check it out. All right. But um, let's let's get to the good stuff. And uh, like I said, I'm going to read to you the criteria for uh, most improved player and for sixth person of the year, sixth player of the year. Um, quickly, uh, and I want to save, I'll save my MVP ballot for Thursday, so something to look forward to. Coach of the year... I went back and forth on this because on the one hand you have Kurt Miller and Connecticut was always in the mix for a top four finish, but not the clear cut winner always. 
and Kurt Miller had to coach the team at a time when they were without their best player, MVP candidate, John Quell Jones. On the other hand, you have Cheryl Reeve. This team wasn't expected to finish very well. They did not start very well at all. And yet, they got a first-round bye and the third overall seat. Um, Cheryl Reeve had to really work through some wild injuries. The whole thing with uh, Lasia Clarendon, it was wild and crazy. So those were my top two candidates. And not to mention that both of them are also GMs. And I think that's what took the cake for me. I think that for coach, I would give it to Kurt Miller. And I did. But if I were voting on GM of the year, I would give it to Cheryl Miller. It's a, a distinction for sure. I think that GM Cheryl worked overtime this season, whereas GM Kurt Miller did not have to. But I felt that Coach Kurt Miller was able to maintain a certain level of consistency, which we did not see across the league. And ultimately, yes, boring, boring, boring consistency. Boring, boring consistency is how I made my choice. And I don't mean that as a negative. I, I'm just saying that there were a lot of extenuating circumstances across the league. We also saw that James Wade had a really nice stretch there. A lot of people thought he would be considered coach of the year caliber and coach of the year material. But I don't know. You know, can uh, excuse me, um, Chicago kind of struggled at points. And, and again... Connecticut won the games that they were supposed to win. Minnesota did not win the games they were supposed to win early on. They did eventually do that. But I gave it to Kurt. I, I could just as easily have given it to Cheryl. But I, I, I sided with Kurt Miller for Coach of the Year. So let me know your thoughts on that. But now we get to the goods. And of course, I'm talking about Most Improved Player first. I will read to you once again. I know you like my dramatic readings. And if you don't, um, just kind of keep that to yourself. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, somewhat. Dear media representative, you have been selected to serve on a committee. Okay, we got that. Um, okay, to vote for the WNBA most improved player of the 2021 season. And this is in red. Please note, this award is designed to honor a player who has made a dramatic improvement from the previous season or seasons. This is not intended to be given to a player who has made a, quote, comeback, end quote. Mm, okay, let me give you um, sixth player of the year just so we have it. Uh, dear media, okay, we got that. Good, good, good. To vote for the WNBA sixth woman of the year for the 2021 season. Now this is in red ink and underlined. So it's really, really important. This award is designed to honor a player for their contributions in a reserve role. In order to be eligible for this award, a player must come off the bench 
for more games than they start. Okay, that's what we have. I'm going to stick with the sixth player of the year. A lot of people have Kelsey Plum in the sixth player of the year conversation. And Kelsey Plum did come off of the bench for the majority of the 2021 season. Um, so in all of her games played, so I'm using WNBA.com again, in all of her pl- games played, which is 26 for the 2021 season, she started zero times. And she averaged 14.8 points per game um, and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> um, okay. But I, I did not vote Kelsey Plum sixth player of the year. I actually voted Kelsey Plum most improved player of the year. Now, I know Bree Jones, a lot of people, consensus is that this should be Bree Jones' award. I wish with my whole heart that I could do that because Bree Jones, let me just, let me take you to Bree's stat line so we can do this proper. But if we go to Bree Jones, um, such an impact, such an impactful player. If there was like an impactful player of the whatever, then sure, let's give it to Bree Jones. But um, this being her fifth season with Connecticut, she was averaging 14.7 points per game, um, 7.3 rebounds overall, 4.2 of those are defensive rebounds critical she improved to 79.6 percent up from 69.1 percent from the free free throw line um not many three-point attempts so that went down field goal percentage went down from last season Uh, minutes per game went up from 26.1 to 30.6 games played 32 games started 32 last season um games played 21 games started 27 season before that games played 27 games started zero and the same in 2018 and started 23 games in 2017 and started zero so you see there's a progression most improved player uh again if we go to what it says here um, it, it does encapsulate not just this season, but the last few seasons comparative. Th- there is improvement here. Definite improvement for Bree Jones. But let me tell you about a player for most improved that uh, I'm going to tell you the I'm going to give you the stats of the player that I chose and then I'll reveal their name. But this player improved from the field goal, their field goal percentage, 36.5% for the season prior, 43.7% this season. From three, 35.7%, 38.6% this season. The season prior, 80 
7.2% from the three free throw line, 94.4% this season. Offensive rebounds the same. Defensive rebounds a little bit of a drop. Overall rebounds a little bit of a drop. Assists per game went up by 0.6, so kept in that range. Steals per game, same kind of range. Um, points per game. This player in their first three seasons in the league, 8.5 points per game, 9.5 points per game, dropped in their third season to 8.6 points per game. They're averaging on the career uh, 10 points per game. They went from 8.6 points per game in the last season they played to 14.8 points per game. And improved in all shooting categories. And you might remember the stat 14.8 points per game because I told you that Kelsey Plum has 14.8 points per game. I voted for most improved player for Kelsey Plum. Now I know that they said come back in the thing thing. I don't know if my ballot will be dismissed or whatnot, but I don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Are you kidding me? Kelsey Plum almost doubled her points per game. Almost doubled her points per game in this season. Now, it's a comeback from an injury. I get that. I, I don't know the quotes for comeback. Listen, 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 listen. I voted Kelsey Blum. I voted Kelsey Blum. Most improved. Most improved. I don't... I don't think that the coincidence that Kelsey Plum is coming back from an injury should dismiss Kelsey Plum from being most improved player. And I think that is the more apropos stat. Uh, or category for her. So, I don't know. WNBA is going to be like, yeah, we're not giving her a vote again because she can't read. I read it, and I said what I said. So, who did I vote um, for sixth player of the year? Well, you're going to have to wait for next episode with me, which will be Thursday, to find out. So, I hope you enjoyed me just kind of going through the ballot. I, I found it very interesting. This is my first time doing it. So I had a good time. Hope you had a good time as well. But that's all. Auntie is out on Thursday. I'm going to tell you who I picked for sixth player of the year. Also, we have MVP and maybe one or two other awards to go through. But we're also going to talk about the New York Liberty versus Phoenix. And then what's the other matchup? I've been so laser focused on New York that I'm forgetting Oh, it's uh, Chicago-Dallas. That's the one. That's going to be a good one, too. That's going to be a really good one. Uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about those next week for sure. Thank you, as always, for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Again, coming up soon, we're going to integrate on YouTube. Really excited about that. Should be a good time. So for now, enjoy your Tuesday and your Wednesday. And until I see you or you hear me Thursday, Erica Lindsay Ayala, a.k.a. Auntie, signing out. Betting on 
basketball. It doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.